All right, I think I'm recording. Okay. So when did you start blowing glass, and where? Uh, 01, I got a job at a head shop out in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, I was running the front of the house selling pipes to customers, and then took over in the back a little bit, and then was doing both of them, learning how to blow glass as well as selling it. So I got both aspects of uh, glass blowing in the pipe market, you know, the retail sales, what people wanted, what they thought they could get made and things of that sort. And then in the back, learned how to blow glass. And then three years after that, I moved out here to Colorado and started blowing glass on my own pipes and things and that such. Had to do side jobs to start off because I didn't make any money in the beginning. Sure. There wasn't much of a glass market I know for, right? Uh, you know, there was. Compared to today. Compared to today, it's a lot larger. The internet has taken over a lot. And that's, you know, retail sales have gone to straight to customer to us instead of stores right. which is not necessarily the best thing in the world but could be good for newcomers where they don't have the skills to sell to stores at a large quantity or at a good price now they can sell retail market and get a fair price for it sure. so, I mean, yeah it's changed a lot you know and lathe work i started maybe seven seven years ago so like 2009? Uh, yeah, 2009, 2008, somewhere around there. Started the basics of lathe work. And that came into, you know, making tubes and water pipes and ash catchers and things of that sort. And then, uh, you know, about five years ago is when the honey hole came into play. And that was around 2009. Yeah, really when the oil really started to pick up. And people were using dome and nails and a lot of titanium. And nowadays you see titanium companies putting out quartz. So sure. I see it almost as a personal victory that we could bring quartz to the market and start to show that glass is a better way to smoke, can be cleaner, can be fragile, of course. You know, glass breaks, we wouldn't be broke. Right. So I mean, we'd be broke, you know. It'd be one of those things where if it just lasted forever, we'd already have done the surface, you know. Everybody would have a pipe. No need to get another pipe. I mean, obviously, I've made that mistake myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it happens. And that's, you know, that's one of the downfalls of glass. But the, uh, the thing that so many artists can manipulate it in so many different ways is one of the good things about the glass. So, kind of along that vein, like, how did you find your style evolving? Like, I, I came to know you, and I think a lot of Colorado came to know you for your lathe work. And being able to really do precise lathe work one of the few guys who's really doing it on a large scale um well i can you know it's never precise i i would say it's more of a the art of illusion you know like in the most aspects most bubbles all the time are not completely round so the fact that you can hide it and manipulate it and make it so it looks perfectly round to you by your eye is the art of it you know, scientific glass blowing where you're in the millimeters to the hundredths, where it has to be precise. Now that's extreme precise. Now that requires a very, very expensive machine. Your machine must be on point at all times. Um, things with my lathe, it's really, really close to being super straight, but there's still always the cheaper glass maybe that you bought this time or the tubing that got tweaked that time or the color pull from Paul Troutman that was not exactly round and things are wasn't the same color as the last time. 
things like that all change it, you know, and that and that's a definite aspect of the art of blowing glass, the the illusion that you can put into the fact. And um, nowadays, with a lot of stuff too, with if it's hollow or solid, or if the hand on the wizard is hollow, so does it have smoke in it? No, most of the time it's solid, so that it fits the the purpose of it looking like a wizard right. or things of that sort. Most of the basic shapes in a lot of these pipes nowadays are very simple structures in, in uh, functionality with extravagant built on the outside. Right. You know, uh, Jeb's castles, very simple piece in the inside, but then added pieces to the outside of it to make it look like a castle, kind of like a pig. The pig is a very simple one bubble, two bubble system that then has feet and ears on it with a couple of dimples and a curly tail to make it look like a pig. You took a very basic shape and made it into something that was a physical, just like a dino or a, a pig or a monkey from, from anybody, you right. know? So that's the style of what, what I was doing before was, you know, very functional, um, reasonable price. Lots of bubbles for smoke and pot. Once it changed to oil, we did a little bit of different stuff. We changed it to smaller, less percolation, uh, less size, just so that it fit, fit the market that was at hand. Um, you know, the honey hole came out with that in the lathe work. Of there wasn't a nail that you <coughs> need a dome for. So had you thought of quartz for a long time, or was that something that... That just kind of you were thinking of a material. No, I, you know, I was, but you know, me and Worm were ex partners in the shop, and Worm had, uh, this is a terrible roll on the blunt. What? There's a giant fucking hole like a vagina in the center. That's going on the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> As he screams at Robbie about the blunt. Look at this thing. Edit that in. Starts with you yelling at the dogs on the dog. <laughs> um, you know, the yeah, it was there, but it was also kind of a vengeance. That was like thing. the noodle back then, right? Yeah, the noodle and the puddle. You've been by when we had that stuff, yeah. and and it was a great idea. And the seed too. God damn. F. Woo. Seed. Yeah, that smells like a seed, buddy. Jesus. Yeah, there's a huge gaping hole in this. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that's that slob the glass blower on the blood roll. <laughs> Good thing you can make glass. <laughs> um, you know the honey hole was yeah was a way to eliminate motion and movement in the nail. You know how mothership has the bucket where you have to flip it up, flip it down. You still have to physically do something with the yeah, honey yeah, hole. You're taking the piece out of the equation right yeah i was i was simplifying worms design basically a little bit with a way to 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 make it simple and easy and then the trough just recently was the demand to make a nail that wasn't in your face looking at that nail over there with that small rig in the big cup that's higher than the mouthpiece i kind of hate that the honey will evolve too right like it didn't originally have this hey it didn't yeah it no it, it had a flat cut and you know, a lot of it was like, people didn't like the aspect of, it's harder to get it completely flat and make it even all the time. And that angle hides in mass a lot of the unevenness. Mm. So you can put an angle on it and you can 
realized that it, it wasn't exactly straight. It was harder to do it with the angle. So <clears throat> that was kind of it. And, you know, the carb cap uh, uh, evolved from a pendant. It was a quartz mock-up of a honey hole, and it broke off on actually my new sales guy. And he was like, this works great as a carb cap. And that's how that carb cap. So the honey hole and the trough and all those things have all evolved from us sitting around doing this kind of shit and partaking, trying new things. I mean, you walk over there and you'll see two, three different types of troughs. Do you have like prototype troughs over there? Kind of, you know, like a lot of them don't make it past too much development. We either break it, give it away, or someone comes by and they're like, hey, you know, I need this all here, just take this. We're not gonna run with it, but it'll work. Right. Because pretty much you can smoke off of anything. Yeah, basically, if it gets hot, it holds oil. Right, and you want to deal with it. But there's some situations, like, I don't know if you ever remember the sombrero. No. So oh, I kind of do, yeah. The one that had the, the thing on the outside and the nipple in the middle. Yeah. Works great in an environment like this inside with no wind. Step outside and fucking you get a breeze and you're fucked. Mm. You know, it was one of those things like the belly button from Hitman. Yeah. Uh the nail outside so you didn't get any claim but as soon as the wind came by you were fucked your hit blew away you couldn't suck hard enough to get it to suck right. <laughs> so that was the thing with the the you know the sombrero very short-lived like we didn't really even push it we just had a few people like jeremy and jenny that that hit and use those things they'd be at cannabis cups here and there and then they'd realize well i can't use this outside That's all right. that well yeah. so Part of the R&D process, though, right? Right, exactly. The The evolution of it definitely changes quite a bit. We've done big cups of XL. We've done smaller cups of, excuse me, of troughs. You've seen the new XL one that's like almost like a fishbowl. So how did you move to the trough? I mean, I guess it was just people taking bigger dabs? No, it was the fact that they wanted it away from their face. So you just wanted to move it further and further away. Right, and, and honestly, when we first made the honey hole, people were making still big tubes. So it wasn't a problem. It was when everybody decided to make the piece so small right. and have the joint right near the mouthpiece that the honey hole kind of got pushed out because it was so big sure, for it's that aspect. right near your nose. Yeah, you didn't want that. Now, it's a universal angle where it'll work at 90 and 45 where the trough now has to be different angles right. for in order to work. But it brings it away from yourself. And, and another thing, like a lot of people use it front to back you can turn that bitch sideways and put it right next to you so it's closer and tighter but it's off the right hand side or the left hand side you know if you're left-handed you can universally use it turn it to the left dab with your left hand so you know it's all personal preference and it's all what you really want to try and fuck with is how i feel with it you know it was something one day we were kind of just uh just making sure we're still yeah no that's fine um, no, it's drunk. It was, we were making kind of a banger. We made something called the finger banger. <laughs> this is the finger banger. It's basically a banger with a hole in it designed to be able to carb cap with your finger. Ah. Doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Not right. bad with my hands as being a glass blower or a cook or someone that was dealing with rough hands construction guy with calluses. Sure. But the young girl that just learned how to dab when she turned 21 or what have you. Maybe not practical for her. Exactly. So we took that and turned it sideways. And that's pretty much kind of, and then we started slicing it. And that's still our biggest problem. We still have problems with consistency of cup length, 
um, cup hole size. We don't have the things that like cap stars and um, Hugh Hefner caps have that have hands-free caps. <coughs> that is a problem we're going, we're looking at still and trying to figure out. The caps we got work great now, but you have to be able to use both hands. And right. stoners are kind of lazy. So there's those things where like sometimes it's perfect for some people and sometimes it's not for other people. So and that's, that's what... what uh, what are the, some of the unique challenges of working with ports? As you started to use it more, I mean, not, it's not very common for people to work with ports, or at least wasn't when you started. And not in the pipe industry. Right. As, as in scientific industry, it's huge because of its properties. And this is why cords came into play with smoking oil. The fact that you can heat it up extremely hot, somewhere around 1,500 to 1,700 degrees, with most torches on the market, and let it cool down. Technically, you can even dip it in water at that temperature. Its stress point doesn't get there until it's above 2400, 2500 degrees, which is extremely hot, especially for even uh, borosilicate, you know? And that's the thing, boros stress point is 500 degrees. Quartz's stress point is like 1700, and I'm not exactly sure on that quote, but it's somewhere around in that point where it gets too hot, and if you cool it too rapidly, it can crack. It's just most of the time, we don't ever get it that hot with personal use torches. With what we do, we definitely get it that hot because we're manufacturing it. It's the same debate with uh, plume and not plume and making you sick. You're never going to do it with a, a, a vector torch, a propane torch. I am always doing it with my hydrogen torch. We're getting it to the point where it calls plume and that pure silica burns off of the glass and becomes a white powder. That is very dangerous for me to work. Not for you, because you never reach that point. So there was the aspect of that. Uh, how to effectively get a higher heat and be able to manipulate quartz. So we brought in hydrogen. Uh, hydrogen burns a lot cleaner and a lot hotter than propane. So we scrapped the propane, went to hydrogen and oxygen and you know roll a lathe to make sure that we can manipulate some of the advantages to it it doesn't crack as much i can start working a piece have mitch come in for an interview once mitch leaves finish the piece and not have ever heated it filmed it or anything of that aspect if i had done the seals properly it should warm right back up without having that problem and that's the properties of quartz let it heat up, let it cool down, dab on it, throw some liquid on it that kind of shocks it. Go right back to heating it back up again. Hit it again. So it's really perfect for dabbing. Exactly. Perfect material. Right. So were there challenges with learning to work with it? Oh, yes, of course. You can't blow bubbles with it. You can't stretch it all that well and evenly. It's, it's a whole different monster. It's, its number is very, very low compared to Boro. And... Its expansion coefficient number there is extremely different from what I've been taught. It was like learning glass all over again for the most part. So it took a little bit of getting used to it, how to figure out how to get seals well, just working it in general. And, yeah. and you know, I've changed machines. Originally I learned to do it on that machine over there. Then I had just another machine over there not too long ago that's now in the back. We had a machine fail, so we switched machines around, bought a new machine. And just things like that make differences for sure. 
So on top of the the quartz, are you still putting out tubes and custom work and <coughs> every you know like trade shows and things like that? We're still getting some customs made or like or collabs and, and I had travel people come through. Like we just had uh, Cool Hand Sue's from California come by. I made a tube with her. I have plenty of other artists here, so it also gives them an opportunity to work with other people. Brett made a tube with her. Uh, Robbie made a tube with her. You know things of that sort. Um, so. Yes, here and there, but my main focus right now is trying to, we have a huge waiting list. It's over six months, over 175 orders. We're really backstocked. And a lot of the problem is I'm the only assembler of it. I'm the only one that takes that cup and that joint and sticks it together and puts the angle on it. I have several other machines in the back where these guys help me out and they'll make a part. But at this moment, no one's been trained to do the other part. Is that the most delicate part of the process, joining them together? Kind of. It's it's the fact that like you, you buy a part from a manufacturer and another part from a manufacturer, and then you take those parts and put it together. So the waste is more. Right. I can waste more money taking this and ruining it and ruining these two by putting them together and then not having a product that sells at full price. So it's like a high-stakes process. Kind of. Right. That last part at the end there is... A crucial part that it shouldn't be messed up the next crucial part is the sandblasting and if you fuck that up then you fucked everybody's work right, up. You put all that work in, into it and you it. lost it right so as a small business that's delicate you need to like keep those numbers our numbers are huge you know like right now at the moment I need to make some 214 males and females that's a huge number compared to the rest of what I had already made I made maybe 200 in 18s and 10s and all that stuff combined in XLs. Now I just have to literally make 200 just in those two styles. So it's a it's a it's a popular size for oil right now at the moment. Everything is shrank in the last four years. I think it's gonna keep shrinking. No, the tiny craze I think has kind of backed off, and a lot of it has to do with like the amount of concentrates that that people actually don't get. You know, you're getting it on your lips and your teeth and the sticky it's shit. Not practical. That's personally too. My, I, I hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd much rather something around a foot, eight inches. You know, still, I'm not hitting a, a upside down bong from fucking Pam or anything like that. But for to take a, a snap bowl every once in a while, yeah, go ahead and have fun and hit a big tube. But it's changed. I'm I'm still an avid flower smoker. I love flowers, you know, like, I think, and there'd be no dabs without flowers, you know, you can't have that concentrate without having a flower or a plant or trim or something of you that sort. You appreciate the dab more when you've had the flower to compare it to. Right, and I think it's a totally different high as well, too. There's that zombie high with the oil, and then there's that mellow craze stone, you know, with smoking a joint or a blunt or a bong rip. Not big of a bong ripper, but, you know, blunts lately and joints, for sure. So, picked up a hops. That's been my cool. little tube, a little hops pea shooter. Oh, uh, inline? Yeah. Nice. Just perfect. went out and worked with him just recently. It's, uh, it rips like one of yours, actually. It's, it's a perfect little, and, You like, know, that's where we got rip. the inline from, you know. Yeah. I will say, he was the guy that did it first. We may have changed it a little bit and made it a little bit bigger and shit like that. But that's what, you know, when, when we really got into late work, we were working for Kind Creations, both me and Worm. We were Kind Creations wholesale line for a long time. 
Brandon killed it and sold it well and sold it well in in the store and locally. Yeah. And you know, like we were we were hammering out a lot of product out of this shop for that store. And you know, like things balanced out and went smaller and moved down to Denver and to a mass scale so that he could go nationally with his wholesale. And you know, I stepped away and started doing my stuff. And that's really where the clear work and double cirques and single cirques and 75 shower heads and rodeos and, and and we still do a small amount of that stuff. We just don't do a whole bunch of it. Right. Because I'm busy on that lathe and then I did have another kid over here helping me on this lathe and he was making most of the parts and I would assemble everything because he knew how to make the, pro, the, the part end of it. So it works, you know, like it's just tough to keep up with so much stuff and the courts has taken over throughout the nation and throughout the country. You know, we sent to Canada, we have people in UK that are looking for them. Anytime there's a major cannabis cup, UK people, Adam Dunn and Paul and people like that, bring them up here because they can't get them anywhere else. So they try and buy as many as they can while they're here and take them back with them. How many sell you right now? I don't know. I mean, we're probably doing you know, I want to say like at least fifteen hundred units a, a month, at oh, yeah. least. So, we're we're projected to do. A, we're building a new studio. That's okay. a thing. Like we're gonna pull out all these quartz lays, and we're gonna go. Do you want to hit this little boy? Oh, they call me the Roach King. So <laughs> um, we're gonna pull all this stuff out. And we're gonna make a facility next door that's gonna be strictly all quartz. So, so this is gonna be glass and then right i kind of we need to separate that too because it's like i'm right here and i don't ever get a chance to sit right there we're gonna make it into where there's enough numbers that there's more people working and we can you know i can get three days off maybe you know it'll probably be more like i get two days off i'll get the weekend off to come over here and make some borrow <coughs> um yeah it's not that you're not working it's that you're not working quartz right yeah, I just need some time away from it because I've been the only one to assemble it. But it takes, now I have to teach someone to assemble, and, and that's a good thing. Everybody should learn how to do it, and, and that's another thing. I brought the family into it. We're not family, but we're close enough friends and shopmates that we're like family. Right. So it's time for everybody to make some money just right in there as well. Uh, and spread the wealth, you yeah. know? Like, yes, it's my company, but... Everybody should get paid equally as much and, and make a decent living. Buy new cars, buy a new house. How many guys you got working for you? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about. Seven guys. Yeah, and, it, and it's not like, it's not um, every day. You know, it's like, okay, it's your rotation. It's more on that style. So it's just one day out of the week if you're around here, it's going to come into your time to do it. And, and we try and get everybody $500 per the day. You know, like that's a good living awesome. for the, for the yeah. most part. So some people could use more for more bills and more kids and shit, but we do what we can. For a so, day? Hey. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. You know, they kill it. So it's one of those things. And we work together as a team and we sell together as a team. We go to Vegas. We just went to Vegas for uh, aid show. Do you guys even make it through the whole show or you sell out? We sold day? out in an hour and a half, yeah. you know, and, and that's a really good thing. It was crazy to see it go that quick. And I realized that we should bring double to triple of what we had and, and try and like span it out throughout the day so everybody can get it. But it, it's kind of a mad rush, you know, like it was nine o'clock and we had people lined up at 830 waiting to get in there to buy the product. 
and buy the maximum of what they could. Did you set a limit? Uh, yeah, we did six per piece, per angle and per piece. And, it, you know, it was tough to fill out everything. And, you know, maybe next time we'll revamp it and make it in packs. Be like, you want to spend three grand? Here, there's this pack that has this, this, and this in it. And you don't really get a choice. But it would cover, we would follow what the, what the normal orders are. You right. know, like, I have 20 of these, 20 of these, and I only want five and five of those. Okay, cool. We can set up packages like that. And it makes everybody happy. Yeah. You know, they get some. It's quick and easy for us. It's boom, boom. You know, like right. super quick instead of... We were really running around. It, it, it's a different... This was the first time for me bringing a crew that actually sold it that I didn't sell. Right. Because I was downstairs in a different area selling my artwork compared to what this, like, troughs and honey holes are, is production. Right. You right. know, it's a, it's the pay the bills kind of thing. So, on that note, and this is kind of where I'm most curious in the interview is, you know, you said it right there, like, you're looking for time to get back to the glass, which is your art. You've now spent years slaving on the courts, essentially. What's that like? Oh, oh, I tell these guys all the time, I'll sit here and yell about it. you're an artist at heart, obviously. I, I hate it. I mean, no offense to it. I, I love the fact that we were able to make something, and I love the fact that people love it, and I love the fact that I set challenges for myself to do it, but in the real aspect, it's annoying. It's, it's the same thing over and over and over. Every day, it's coming in due course, you know? And, like, it's really frustrating to, to be like, yeah, you're an artist, but in the same aspect, I can decide if I don't want to. We don't have to make the money. We don't have to expand, but it's an opportunity for everybody to get something on the plate. So, yes, I slaved away at that, but now I'm starting to let go of the reins and let everybody's plate become full and make some money. And like I said, buy a new car, get a new house, go on a trip to Hawaii, you know, like... I, and I don't get to do those things. Right. I mean, I got to do car and I can pay for the house and stuff like that. But the vacation time is not there right now. We're that backed up. Like I was talking about, there's about six month waiting list and 175 plus orders that need to be done. And I, every day we got a shop calling us up being like, where'd my, where'd my order go? Where's, where's, where's Sorry, this? You don't have like an active sales force. This is just what no, you No, I have one sales. sales guy. I have one guy that's on his shit and every day he comes in except Sunday and he, and he answers emails, he answers IG. All the, all the most of the posts in the last six months on Instagram and Facebook have all been him. Now, all the likes, all the comments that I respond back are me. But the fact that the sales end of the point, the stuff that takes the 15, 20 minutes on the phone with the guy, the 30 minutes of writing the list down, sure. the packing of the order, the replacement of the one that was chipped, that's all him. He fucking slays it. And, you know, he used to run courts only on Facebook and mm -hmm. Instagram. And, dude, I used to sell him courts then. And, you know, he was just a really good guy. And I decided to bring him out here and have him do it. And... He's gone to Vegas, and he did the sales then. I've had numerous uh, shop owners. God communicates great. He's back to us in 15 minutes on the email. Here he comes over here. He works over in our new side. We got him an office over there. And uh, soon enough, our courts will be over there. But 
He walks over here, brings the iPad. I make sure he gets what he wants. He's got a nice Apple. He's got a nice iPad to answer at home. You know, I make sure he's got all the material he needs that he could ever think of for sales. So he's happy on that aspect. We're not like doing snail mail. We're not doing his phone only. You know what I mean? Like the, the business has gone well enough. I built a little empire before I decided to run it off and start splitting it up and was to able to afford those kind of things you know like the new shop the new machines so you're already moving into the new shop we have the new shop and it our biggest problems now are like ventilation bills we need to put in a they're talking a pretty hefty bill well i wasn't very thrilled with it today i was i can't even get an itemized list from the guy so it, it feels funny right it, i've never we if you kind of look around this is all done by us you know, we're the ones that got up on the hoods, put them in, ventilated them. They're not perfect. They're not in straight lines and super stiff and nice and clean. You know, they were done glassblower style. Right. Jack it up, put it up, tape it up. Obviously we're good. It works, but it didn't blow up. No, right. That's the thing. And it ventilates and everything gets evacuated. It works like it's supposed to. It's, yeah. it's just not perfect. It, we can afford to get the perfect stuff now. But it's just, it's astronomical to think about it. Like, sure. I couldn't believe the quote I got. I was like, what the fuck? Like, we used to spend three to four grand maybe getting ventilation. They want like a hundred times that much. And you're like, what? Why? Is it made out of gold? Yeah, like, like I know I've done this. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand you this. You can't do it a hundred times better than that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, like, that's a new aspect yeah. to it. And, and I did, and I wish I had a friend. Like most of the stuff, we've we've had some new things with fire oh, marshals. Turn that thing off. It's gonna be loud. Too loud. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, we've had some new things with fire marshals. We've been here eight years, and then finally we had a fire marshal come through and say, "We're not allowed to do the stuff we've been doing for eight years." Really? They just showed up out of the blue one day. <laughs> kind of. I called because of we were dealing with some headaches from someone painting next door. Okay. So. You know, if you notice outside the cage that, that was right there, that's going to be our oxygen will be outside now. Okay. And things now cost money once you put yourself out there. And it's not, back in the day, we would pack up and leave and go somewhere else and wait until he found us again. You know what I mean? Like, with all this equipment, with all the things that are going and running, you can't pack up and leave as easily as we used to be able to. So do so. you feel kind of like... You're in this parallel path where as weed's kind of getting way more mainstream than it was when you start, started blowing, you're kind of finding yourself talking like, as you said before, small businessman. You, you don't think of yourself as just some glass blower. Think of yourself as a small businessman and you have to act like one more. Right. Yes. You know, and like, that was the thing. When it was garage shop, it was so much easier to get by and do things. It was just like, wow, this is simple. Do this, do that, be done. Go and fucking have a good time for two weeks because shop rent and your house rent was paid within that last order and that's your biggest bill now i got you know house rent shop rent gas everybody else that wants to work their payments on the month you know like pretty much everybody gets paid and pays their rent through the troughs and the honey holes for the most part they still all do their own work and all their the glass work but they get more opportunities to do it than, than i do because i got more of them making more of the parts than the one guy making the assembly. Right. Eventually that'll change, and that's what it needs. We need more lathes and more space so that I can teach someone right next to me 
and be like, hey, and like this, if you have a problem here, here's that problem, stuff of that sort. Right. And you're headed there. You're... We're headed there. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got new drywall, insulation, fresh coat of paint. We have plenty of quotes on, on ventilation and stuff, but it's just that one thing. How much is that worth? Is it really worth that much to not do it ourselves or should we do it ourselves? You right. know, I, I was decided a month ago that we weren't going to do it and we were going to have someone do it. And then the quote came in and I was like, yeah, you know, just double the what I amounted. Right. And I didn't think it was going to be that much. And, you know, I see other guys around like Big Z and shit when they've got, they just took their time and had a buddy help them out, but it took a month. They did you it know. right though themselves. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, he hired someone like, you know, like just a guy that would work, say at Linden's Plumbing came in and did it side job. So he didn't have to pay the insurance and all the the time and that you get the time in half pretty much you right. know what i mean so he had someone but it may not you only get it done on saturday and sunday or after five o'clock they're not showing up at eight in the morning with four dudes getting it done and having it done in in three weeks you right. know what i mean it takes a month month and a half to get it done because it's done on secondary time so that that was rough and, and, the, and at that time when he couldn't work he was sitting here working in our studio you know I wish we could take our whole studio and work in someone else's studio for a little bit, but we can't. Right. So, and that's the same issue with the fire marshal. He's trying to tell us that we can't use as much hydrogen as we had, but we need to use some. And when he cut us down to the numbers, we had to cut down how many machines could be roughly. Really? So, and, and, that, and that's the things around it that we got to battle now. I mean, our new studio will be set up where seven people should be able to work. So... It'll just be, it'll be tough. It's it's a whole new experience for me. No, I mean, that's crazy. It's probably a whole new experience for just about everyone, dude. I can't imagine there are many people who have dealt with the amount of hydrogen they're allowed to burn in their building. Not, yeah, not in the aspect of a, as a pipe maker glass bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, normally that's one or two bottles in the corner and that's it. You know, we, we had 11 bottles in the shop and that was our big problem. That's they were like... Air gas doesn't even have that many bottles. <laughs> like, what are you doing with this many? How'd you get this many? Shh, go on. Take off. Blue. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that was another thing. You know, the amount of hydrogen we're running, the amount of machines that I've been having to maintain. It, for, for the majority, it was three of them when I first, like, really got up and going with the borosilicate stuff, like, I had one, and then we had another one sitting in the back, and then we got this one once Worm left, because we had space, and we put it up. Oh, Warlocks. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely an evolution. We've changed a lot. We've started to, I order way more quartz than I ever do Boro now, you know. You're mostly quartz. Well, you're personally. Personally, mostly quartz, but yeah, what the shop has been bringing in, you know, at a time I ordered a lot of boro, we've been sitting on it. Now we're just burning through a lot of quartz, and we try and use. It's that expensive that you use every single piece of it, you know, like to the to the little nibble, and then you throw that little nibble away. How much know? does the quartz cost like per foot? Per foot, it's going to range anywhere between like three dollars a foot to twenty-four dollars to wow. fifty dollars a foot, depending on how big you go. Um, quartz is done in a whole different way you know they all only sell in feet and then there's a minimum four feet purchase um 
it's a lot thinner than borosilicate because it has no elasticity to it. When you drop boro on the ground, it flexes and it pushes and the molecules are far enough apart that they can be shocked at each other. And that's why it's a perfect for spoons and pipes because they have the potential to drop and not break. Quartz, it's so hard that the second they vibrate, they want to pull apart. So, but it's the, also the reason why you can heat it up and let it cool down because they don't expand that far. Molecules literally start moving around once you heat them up. And that's why quartz survives without breaking and pulling itself apart. So, uh, obviously breakage on a minimum order of quartz, a four foot length of $50 foot <coughs> quartz is a big deal. Yes. Oh yeah, we just had a return where we lost five tubes in shipping and you know the company immediately took it back and they took three tubes back that weren't even broken, but the glass was around it and scratched. So that affects later on what our end product is and can affect what the, uh, the retail customer sees. So in, just to stop it right there, we were like, we'd like it all back. And, yeah. and they took it all back. And most of them will take it back and either sell it at a discount or get it paid back through whoever shipped it. And but so. you guys drop it. We're pretty much fucked, yeah. yeah. But that that happens, you know. Like we just try not to have it happen all the time, sure. you know. Like we try and keep the breaks to a minimum. We definitely try and keep the seconds down, but they happen, and they're great promotional things. I give a lot of shit away too. Like we don't just uh, sell everything. We, you know, there's a lot of seconds. We'll discount real cheap. We'll give them away as benefits. You know, someone's sick. Someone's doing a contest. I'm not shy, you know, I don't feed every mouth that I get, you know, like, oh, my cops took my shit. Well, that sucks. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't be an idiot, you know, like, that shit happens in life. You know, we all get pinched at one point or fucked with or I got a fire marshal up my ass right now. So. Yeah. Got to deal with it. Right, exactly. There's no running and hiding anymore. It's time to grow up and put on big boy pants. So. So do you see uh, other glass blowers having to start to deal with? The man? You think uh, that's going to be a trend? Is the industry coming? Yeah, there's more of us, and there's more more activity around the whole aspect of glass blowing, And, you know, what's also brought into a big aspect is the manufacturing of uh, oils. And they use N-butane. They go to the same gas distributor I do. So when the fire marshal rolls through and it's like, how many people are buying N-butane? And who are they? Where are they getting it? Where is it going? You know, like uh, the, the whole Colorado law about not having a license and blasting nowadays. If someone wanted to be a dick, a neighbor around it, they could basically call someone up and tell them I'm doing manufacturing of something because I'm rolling in big tanks. Right. And they could roll up and say hello and be like, what's going on? You know, so it's, uh, it, yeah, it's definitely around. It's, there's more of us. There's bigger shops now. It's, it's a lot of things have changed. Um, glass shows in general, the amount of events from secret cups to cannabis cups to this cup, that cup, this contest, that contest, it's huge. And you know? trade shows on top of that. Yeah, and trade shows on top of that. There's always a chance for us to sell retail, but as myself, I've always preferred stores because they're the ones that keep coming back and keep ordering. They're also the ones that pay the 5000 not just one piece for $100. Right. They want 5000 And yeah, they may be half of them, but they still bought 
500 times the amount that that one person bought. And I'd much rather, when you're in the groove of doing this, you can do a lot of them quickly. But you just have to make sure that someone wants to buy the numbers. Right. And, and that's the thing. The, it's been going five years so strong that we can afford to buy more joints. We're not buying $5,000 worth of joints. We're buying $25,000 worth of joints at a time. So we have a stock, which also means we also have to make more. We have to make 100 today or 200 tomorrow and send out 500 by the end of the week. It's just kind of how it works. So we've been staying very busy and having fun and we pick and choose the shows we do. You know, we're going to cannabis cups don't seem to do all that well. They're more for the public to try out product and see product. So it's good that we're there, but we don't necessarily need to be there as a retailer. We can go in as going to with a, with a say, you know, Incredibles and do, put a couple on your nails and stuff like that and just be there as a presence. We could go to a distributor there, throw them 100 nails. They can sell them. They'll probably pay us wholesale price and they'll try and sell them retail. But to have us as a presence there is a good thing. And that's that's more of what I've learned in the last five, six years. But at the glass shows, you guys do well. Yeah, you know, we're known to go to a wholesaler and do all that kind of stuff and uh, and come there for stores and relate with stores and sell them products and then turn people to them. We get a John, half of John, my sales guy's job is to send people that come to us and say, hey, I want to buy a nail. Well, we don't sell directly, but this guy here, this guy here, that guy on this side. And where are you at? You're in California. This guy right down the street here, he's got our nails. Go check him out. You're going to pay the same price from him or, you know, we'll check you on shipping. Right. You know, so you're going to pay an extra five, ten bucks. So go to your local head shop and buy it there. And most of the head shops give discounts now. You know, like most of them, for the most part, have a 10% right off the bat. Right. Some of them have a card you can bring in or, you know, buy $500 worth of stuff from them. Get a discount and a free pipe or something of that sort. And we try and keep everybody stocked. We try. You know, right now... We just don't put out the numbers, but this new shop should evolve, uh, you know, the troughs and the honey holes and make them double the production. So what are you most looking forward to when you get back to doing Boro? When you get <coughs> I'm going to play with some new recyclers and I want to do some new, I want to go back to a little bit of the old school perks and then try and dress them up, get back to the actual artwork, cleaning things up on the pigs and Maybe having more fun with, you know, designing cops and things of that with pigs and things of that sort. Most of them I've done with my buddy Brett, and he made most of the action figure stuff, you know, like the hat or the glasses or something like that. So, you know, to do more of that stuff and have fun with that, you know, I've always wanted to do the stripper pig, you know, multiple tits, a bunch of high heels, <laughs> things like that. You know, just fun, weird, goofy things. Uh, you know, put a play on the drips, do saggy titties instead of bee drips and, and honey drips and stuff. Because I feel a lot of that stuff's played out, you know, like, and that's the thing. The market beats things to a pulp. And then when they're done with it, they throw it away. Right. So it's, it's one minute you can be super hot, next minute you can be a super slow. You know, it's just, it moves back and forth. And that's, that's what happens with fully unregulated markets and, and that's what like basically pipe market is it's uh just you can anybody can grab a torch start making a pipe 
and either A, decide to sell it on Facebook right now on Instagram or decide to sell it to a store and have that store promote you. And, and that's the thing. A lot of people go to stores and don't realize or the store doesn't care and they'll buy it from China. It's just they know they bought it for 30 bucks and they can sell it for 100 So the profit is three times as much. You know, it's, it's just like that. It's all about money. It's not really sometimes. But some of the stores then that you find and you really like are all about, you know, the artist or the fact of educating people on like, you know, this is this color or this is a color that no one makes but this guy because he has a furnace and he pulls it out himself. Back when I had Mountainberry, you know, before purple was purple. Early high priorities. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. You know, uh, people acquire styles and then other people copy those styles because a they don't have enough uh you know creativity or they don't have the skills to really get that creativity so you learn how to do other things first then you base it off of that later and the crushed opal craze you know that's been around and lots of people are doing it now because for a while they were like how do they do that i want to figure out how they do it they figured it out, and then they started rocking it out because people were buying it. But now it's starting to fizzle out because so many people do it. It's back when Dicro was hot, and Opals, and like regular Opals. And then, you know, sandblasting, photoresist, marble slinger things in such of that way. You know, like, it goes through phases. Uh, big tubes, four years ago. Now recyclers that are mini and under six inches. Uh, mini beakers. Beakers have always been hot. They just shrank, you know, and and honestly, that's a common one through every glass blower in the country. Everybody pretty much has made a beaker or a mini bubbler or a mini tube of some sort for concentrates for the most part because it's the new craze. Concentrates are good. They're, you know, our business with quartz runs on concentrate. You don't smoke flowers through a, a honey hole or a trough. You can, but it's not a bolt. You know, you don't need a quartz apparatus to smoke flour. You need, you don't need it necessarily for oils too, but it guarantees that when you wake up in the morning after dabbing hard last night, that your nail's still there. And, and that's the thing. And like any real quartz manufacturer, if it does break while you're asleep for some, we'll figure out the problem. What happened? Why did it happen? You know, maybe your cat knocked it over and you don't realize it. But, for the most part, we're pretty, that's the thing. When you want a bitch, you come to me. You may get my sales guy first, but he sure as shit walks over here and goes, what do you want to do about this? Right. And I go, oh, okay, let's, sorry about the problem. Send us a picture. Let us know what happened. We're totally down to work with you. I'm not, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. You just bought a $120 nail. I'll try and figure out what went wrong. And if it comes down to it and it's my fault, you got a new one. You know, like I've always been like that. I've never been a person to be like, oh, fuck you, get lost. I stand behind my products, and that's part of it, too. Like, with the tubes and stuff, if you ever had a problem with it, broke a joint off, shit, yeah, you better bring it back to me. I don't want Joe Schmo over there fixing it. I made it. I want to fix it. I know how it was made. I know how to fix it the same way that it looks like when I made it. You know what I mean? Like, Do you remember, in some way or another, every tube you've ever made, if, would you recognize them? I recognize tube? them when I see them. Yeah. You know, when, when I get them in hand, I really know them. When I see it on a picture, kind of. But not, there's some that throw me off. 
for sure, you know, like, and, and I ask for descriptions, or I, I know my color pulls, a lot of times I can see things and know colors I've used, and shapes that I did at one point, but, yeah, you know, we all have thumbprints, we all have some type of uh, style that's always yours, and you can always kind of remember it, you, and you have a history of what you've made over the years, you know, like, my first pipe, terrible, but I got it, and I know what it looks like, and I know what my old pipes used to look like. And, you know, as you progress, you see things, and then labeling comes in the spot. You know, in the very beginning of Boro uh, tubes and things of that sort, I, uh, I didn't have a label. And then the JH logo came in, you know, the Van Halen logo. It's natural, the name's Halen, you know, it was great to play on that logo and have that, and I use it. And a lot of people, there was even rumor about, I got a cease and desist. No, I never got any of that, you know, but it definitely helps sales. Oh, I got that thing. He doesn't do that logo anymore. And no, I do. But even if you heard say it or heard hearsay it, it would definitely, you know, you could replicate it or it's special in a way of yeah, some sort. Rare. Right, exactly. You know, there's rare colors out there and rare things I did. There were a few weird ones, like Swiss perk glycerin tubes. You know, I know there's two of them. I know there's like three Swiss perk recyclers. You know, and, and those didn't go anywhere because it's another guy's steez. You know, that's his thing. Right. He makes a Swiss perk. Now, it was fun to play with it for a minute, but that's why there's three of them. Right. You know, and like uh, Taurus, that's why there's one. You know, and Scott Deppie even said something right away about it. But it was just the challenge. I want to see if I can do it, dude. Like, that's the thing. I didn't know how to do it. I looked at your shit, wanted to try and see and do it, and then realized once you do it once, oh, okay, well, this would have been better. This is a better way to do it. I'm sure it's the same way when you, you made Incredible or just fucking around with that. You're like, well, shit, if we shorten it a little bit and do this with that, maybe it'll work better. Right. It's the same thing with the trough and the honey hole and the and the, the sombrero and the finger banger. It's just all shit we fucked with and tried. And, you know, sometimes they're a hit, sometimes they're not. You don't have to put everything out either. That's so, I gotta ask, because as I, as I mentioned... Last time I was with you, this was years ago, four years ago probably, there were no pigs in the picture. How no. did the pigs come in the picture? <laughs> in your well, life and in your art? Uh, in the art of it, it was really just simply a piece of tubing sitting on the table. Did that, you start with the art or with the with actual the art. pig? No, we really? started with the art. And it was uh, a piece of round pink tubing that I was like, oh shit, I could make this into a piggy bank. And that's what they're all based off. They're all based off of a piggy bank. It's not... The fact that they're a real pig, because they don't look like real pigs. They look like piggy banks. And that the very first one had a coin in his back, and I didn't even get to really finish my artwork what I wanted. I wanted to put a coin emblem on it, and I didn't know. I drew it a couple times and didn't <coughs> like it. So he just pulled it off and was thinking, maybe I can sandblast the lo uh, like a bunny symbol on it or something. But we didn't. We just sold it. It looked like a pig with a mohawk, kind of. But it was a piggy bank. And, and that's what it was all based off of. And then, you know, I made maybe 10 to 15 of them. And uh, someone from Denver, I, can't, I want to say it was Dread, smokes weed, fucking, was like, you should get this pig. And it, like, sent me a picture of, like, a, a striped 
pig and two months before that I was talking about getting one and I even talked to the same people and then I just pulled the trigger on it and I got, we got low Cletus and fucking the uh, rest was history and yeah it was all based off of a piece of tubing just sitting on the table and that's you know like where a lot of it comes from you see something on your table that you think you can manipulate into or take it from or a color that <coughs> that you want to make it you know like it could have been a piece of blue and it could have turned out to be a whale you know but it was a piece of pink and i was like oh pink piggy bank you know and like that's basically what it was and it, I, you know the next one was a cop because everybody calls a cop a pig you know and then there was the pirate pig and the haters pig and pigs with wings and then things of that sort and they've evolved too to having farm scenes with a pig on it as a mouthpiece abstract pigs with on just like some nice blown glass vessels and things like that some of them have no eyes some of them have barely any features you know it, it it's all still experiments still you know like i made we start to make pigs inside of perks um we've made pigs as like attachments on the side i've made just pig pendants we make pig feet as pendants and pig feet are mostly probably not the best thing to represent a pig because it's usually a, a pickled pig's foot you know but it was just something that we could replicate pretty easy um make uh, a pendant looking style very simple and have it as a representation as cletus a little bit you know that's when the pendant came into fact we had the pig i don't know if you looked on instagram but he's laying right there with his foot backwards and i took the first basic one and went right next to him trying to imitate imitate it and it worked out great and, it, and it's something i can make pretty quickly can make with almost anybody that can make some type of solid work or some type of artwork on something simple like that and we can do a collab with someone that easily so it, it that was more what that was for you know like instead of someone that can't make vessels or a little cop hat or a nightstick or something like that so so uh is that and now you're kind of pigs your thing now. You're, you're, Kind of, you know, like, it, it seems that it's kind of hard for people to grasp on liking the pig, but the more I make, the more they get out there, and the more, I mean, I can say, I don't know, maybe 30 total, I haven't made that many pigs, really, but the fact that we do pig things, and, you know, the trough is based off a of pig. Right, everything's pig themed almost. Themed almost, yeah, and it's just because we're rolling with it, you know, like, we sat here, that trough almost was the dozer you know it looks like a bulldozer scoop and originally it was supposed to be square so but the square is so expensive wasn't the right thickness we went round because we were sitting here one late night trying to do it and then it worked out and we we pretty much released it before we were ready to even do it so and that was the problem with that you know it was just we sat here got so high and was like this works perfect like this is retarded like this is great so we posted it and then it just blew up and we were like when can i get it and i was like well shit we've made one you know like so we and then the same aspect now real quick you have to learn how to you know productionize it how do you make it in a production style and the first when i met robbie was i went to a, a uh, glass gallery show at his shop he was working at and uh i brought like the first 300 you know and 
I don't even think they had logos at that point. And then I went on a glass tour. So I released 300, then I left for a month. So everybody got pissed because there was none to go. There was only one store to go and get them. And I wasn't in my studio to make more. I come back and pretty much like the week I get back, China's already, they're on it. They got, they, uh, they've got a made. And it's like, all right, well, it's time to like step up, buck up and start turning this into a production thing real quick. So I brought on Dan pretty much to help me out with one of them, which she's not here right now, but he started making the cups and I started making the bottom part. And we started this on a lathe that we were both working on. So when one guy was doing something, the other guy couldn't do anything. So it was a conflict. Made enough money, buy another lathe, step up like that. It's just like any small business. We didn't have a backup. I don't have a rich mommy and daddy. I don't have a trust fund. We have hard work. So everything that's built on that and all that stuff was paid for by working hard, stacking the bills, buying a new lathe, going broke, stack more bills, buy another lathe, go broke. You know, it's, it's as quick as you fill it, you empty it. So... It was a tough one, but... And now you're doing it one more time, going big. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that one's a tough one. <laughs> it's a big number. It scares the shit out of me. You know what I mean? It's like one of those ones that's just like, I wish it was, uh, life was a lot simpler. I, I, I kind of wish, um, kind of wish I had a mom or dad or grandpa that had a good, and was like, oh, I want to invest in your business, sweet. You know, I've never had invest. Me and Worm had a shop together, and I learned real quick that it's easier to have separation and just one guy either be in charge and have other people just come and work with you and stuff like that, so there's no real conflict at the top. So uh, are you going, when you get back to doing your borrow work, is that, are you planning on hoping to get back to that full time? You know, is that the transition plan to be able to get, you know, out, you know production quartz? I'll, I'll still always have to probably do quartz. You know, it's one of those things I can do it the fastest. I can do it probably the the most successfully, like have the lowest amount of fuck ups. Right. That's, that's you know, it's always going to have to happen. Right. 58 minutes, huh? That's a good one. Yeah, it's almost nine. She's going to be pissed at me. Oh, it is nine. 